0: Hello and welcome to the Gospel Everyday podcast, following along with the Mariner's Church annual read. There is unlimited grace for us today, no matter what happens because of who Jesus is and what he has done. I'm John Thomas, and I will be your host for today. Let's begin by reading from Proverbs 3, 19 through 20. By wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundations, By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the watery depths were divided and the clouds let drop the dew. Foundational to our understanding of faith is this idea of God as creator. It's why Genesis 1 begins with this very profound statement of in the beginning, God. And here in this very short passage, we see that the way that God executed his creation was through wisdom, by understanding, and by knowledge. And what we know about God is that he is creator, he's majestic, but not only that, he is a relational sustainer. He is involved with the affairs of our lives, and we are wise when we relate to him, ourselves, the world around us, and even the material world in a way that is wise, in a way that does not just bring about our own fulfillment or human flourishing, but in a way that brings out the very glory of God for the kingdom of God. Now, this foundational truth of God as creator is one that has actually been a subject of conversation and even debate, both within the Christian community and outside of the Christian community. Within the church, there are thoughtful conversations and perspectives on how we're meant to best understand Genesis 1 through 3. And while all of them are within the house of historic Christianity and would agree that God, in fact, did create the world and everything in it, that there are varying thoughts and opinions about the how, which often raises the question of what, if any, is the role of faith in science? If faith answers the question of how God created the world, why should we, or should we even be concerned about the how of creation? And for some, faith and science, it's as if they stand at opposite ends of a boxing ring where they're sizing each other up and maybe they throw these occasional jabs before taking a break and cooling off every once in a while. For others, it would be inconceivable to even have faith and science in in the same boxing ring altogether that they don't belong together at all. Cuz some come to the conclusion that the deeper our pursuit of science, the more that we begin to understand the natural world, the more that we can be certain of its chaotic randomness, which leads to a form of fatalistic atheism where faith stands almost like an ancient relic to a misinformed culture. <laughs> and then on the other extreme within the church, we can often have a oversimplified response when in conversations about creation and science, and maybe we say something like this, you know, the Bible says it and that settles it. (laughs) And while there's truth in that, the Bible does say it and the Bible is the truth absolutely for sure. Um, Actually, both of those kinds of approaches can be very misleading and very damaging. Uh, Dr. Francis Collins picked up on this damage in his book, uh, The Language of God. Many of you know Dr. Francis Collins. He was the director of the Human Genome Project, and he's the current head of the National Institute of Health. Well, he said this about this divide. Both of these choices are profoundly dangerous, and both deny the truth. Both will diminish the nobility of humankind. Both will be devastating to our future, and both are unnecessary. Unnecessary. He goes on to say that the God of the Bible is also the God of the genome. He can be worshipped in the cathedral or in the laboratory. And I just love that, that the more that Dr. Collins began to understand the intricate makeup of our three billion particles, our human genome, our DNA, the more that he began to increase in his appreciation and worship of God as creator. At the end of the project, he was quoted as saying, It's a happy day for the world, and it's a humbling one for me, and awe-inspiring to realize that we have caught the first glimpse of our own instruction book, previously only known to God. See, Dr. Collins was an atheist turned devout Christian, after uh, personal diligent research. And he's just one in a very long line of world-acclaimed scientists, the likes of Faraday, Isaac Newton, uh, Pascal, Francis Bacon, Kepler, the list goes on and on and on, for whom their faith in God only grew all the more with their scientific discovery. So that gives me hope as a Jesus follower We don't disregard science, but actually we should be engaged in expanding our understanding of God's creative material world because as we do, it reveals something deeper about God, the creator. The more we see, the more we worship. The more we understand, the more we acknowledge the far surpassing greatness of God. Stephen Hawking once said this, that science may solve the problem of how the universe began but it cannot answer the question of why does the universe bother to exist. That's where faith comes in. That's where we see that in creation is God's wisdom, his creative order, and we do well to acknowledge his wisdom and his creative order in which we live out our stories for his kingdom and for his glory. Now, here's the problem, at least uh, for me. When we talk about knowledge, revelation, and response. That's what worship is. It's the revelation of God and our response. If I'm honest, my problem is not always the revelation or the information part. I understand things about God. I know things about God. And I understand that sounds a bit arrogant. Um, But so what do I mean by that? You know, of course, there is always more to know about God, the depths of his love for me, uh, how he set up creation. I'll never come to the end of understanding that. But for me, The problem is not always on the information and the revelation, it's the application and it's the response to live out what I already know to be true. See, I understand that my life works better when I live generously, not just for myself, but I have this bent to be inward thinking and inward living. I understand that the basis of faith is forgiveness and that I'm called to forgive others But I have this tendency to hold grudges and want to enact revenge based on my desires, wants, and needs. I understand that I once was an enemy of God, and because Christ forgave and loved me, he calls me to likewise love my enemies. But my default setting is to only love those that I understand that are like me. There's a famous quote that's often accredited to Mark Twain, whether it comes from him or not. Someone can let me know, but it rings true when it goes like this. He says, it ain't the parts of the Bible that I can't understand that bother me. It's the parts that I do understand. I wonder what it might be for you. Like the Apostle Paul talks about in Romans 7, this is often my struggle. I know what I'm supposed to do, and I don't want to do it. But the things that I don't want to do, these are the things that I do. See, the problem for me is not that I just need more understanding, but that I need a fuller, more complete, faithful obedience. There's an unpopular word for us sometimes, isn't it? (laughs) Not just understanding, but obedience. An obedience that says yes to the things that I know. An obedience that says yes to the power of the Holy Spirit to, to, to transform my will and change my desire to act. An obedience that makes faithful daily decisions to lean into his presence, to lean into his wisdom, to lean into the faithful story that God is writing so that I can better know him, relate him, and make him known. What are the things for you? Here's the gracious thing about God is he already knows what those things are. <laughs> And he doesn't condemn you. He will convict. (laughs) He will draw your attention towards those things. And as he draws attention towards those things, he also says, great news. It's not up to your willpower. It's not up to your keen decision making. But it's about partnering with my power within you through the work of the Holy Spirit to transform you from the inside out. So today, this is our prayer. Holy Spirit, transform us. Holy Spirit, make us faithful. Holy Spirit, we ask not just for wise understanding, but we ask that you would enable faithful obedience to your word, that we may be a blessing, not just for ourselves, but to the world around us. And as we are in this season of Lent, I just love that the reminder today is that we are not defined by our failure or our successes but that we are to praise our creator for another day to live for him. That our lives are one of a dance of continual worship where yes, we get things wrong and and we trip up all the time, but we praise a creator who knows us, who loves us, who sees us and desires to set us free. So go in peace today, knowing that you are loved. Thanks so much for allowing us to be a part of your day.